On today's episode of Navigating Neurodivergence with Stefan Glazer, I have Alexandra Fodor. She is not just a friend. She is actually a leader. <laughs> a leader in meditation and mindfulness. She leads a mindfulness group at ADDA, uh, which is um, in the description which you can check out and, and see, um, you know, but she was one of the first people to lead me down the path of finding out that there might be something going on up here. So I thank her for that. And she thanks me for a lot of the stuff that she has done with meditating and note taking and doing all the things. So I bring to you, Alexandra, the two-hour conversation that, um, if you're watching the video, there are some hiccups in it and little technical issues. So if there are little uh, desync issues, please understand. It happens. But without further ado, please welcome Alexandra. Alexandra, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm feeling wonderful. Very, very happy uh, to Good. talk to you. You know, it, I it feels like in person. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of got this uh, in person vibe, which I always love. And I wanted to have you on the podcast. You wanted to be on the podcast. We needed to have this talk on the podcast since I've rebranded to uh, kind of fall in line with everything that I'm doing um, for many different reasons. Um, one, you were the one of the first people to tip me off onto how my brain's working and what's going on. <laughs> and before we get into anything really deep, I want to uh, first mention that, you know, I've known you now for uh, quite a few years. Um, it's funny how fast time flies, but I want you to tell our, my listeners kind of what you do right now, because um, it's actually really cool. Well, we're starting at the end. Yeah. <laughs> we're starting at the now. <laughs> yes, and working our way backwards. Yes. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. I didn't expect this question to happen at the beginning. Ah, yeah. I know, but you, it threw me you, off. you are a... Yeah, it's, but that's, that's the fun part of a, a conversation, especially with me because whatever pops in my head, I kind of go with. But you, you actually lead a group for <laughs> mindfulness, but that group isn't just like a group. It's our group. Um, it's part of, was it the... Uh, ADDA is a acronym. Yes. I can't. Was it Attention Deficit Disorder Association? Yes. I think that's right. Okay. Yes. ADD.org. Yeah, yes. You lead a weekly medita uh, meditation and mindfulness group. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. So I, I want to kind of start there. How did you, as somebody, with ADHD, <laughs> decide, hey, <laughs> we need to start this meditation group. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, 
I don't know, my brain is processing all the journey and uh, mm-hmm. how, how someone with ADHD overcame all those obstacles that is required to start and then continue to lead a mindfulness meditation group. And well, with, among all of the people that I can credit to, you know, part of the success is you. Thank you. I think I'm a first customer of all the ideas that you have <laughs> laid out in your book. Uh, some of mm-hmm. the tips that you had taught me. And, you know, it's like no matter how minute those tips are, if you build it in your life, it kind of helps you to advance and dig yourself out of the hole. So after my diagnosis that I can thank to my very well-trained therapist that she noticed my neurodivergence because I went in there with depression and anxiety and I came out with an ADHD diagnosis pretty fast. (laughs) (laughs) I I like that. That's a very common story between a lot of us. Well, so honestly, it's it's not common enough. It's not common enough. There's still people saying that they wish they had a better uh, educated therapist who would have noticed right away because a lot of times they treat the depression and anxiety but not the underlying ADHD and by the time they get to the actual diagnosis it's so there's a lot of damage that can happen to our self-esteem to our psyche and to our uh, yeah it's like the perception of the world a lot of um, a lot of like trauma or minor trauma and it kind of adds up so anyway so Mm -hmm. you're lucky if you have a good therapist like I did and I'm forever grateful to her so that was one big uh, step in this journey in the beginning Um, then so this was my one-on-one therapist and then I actually attended an IOP which stands for intensive outpatient uh, uh, treatment so you go to the to a clinic um, every day, uh, weekdays, and basically you have an intensive, almost, I called it school, like I called it like a training, because they teach you how your mind works, they teach you the, the psychology behind it, and uh, if, this, is, um, this is how CBT, the cognitive behavior therapy, gets best um, practiced, because you do it day after day. So my therapist there had ADD, so, n- number one, she had understood me better than anyone else. And she was the one who said, well, you know, meds didn't work for me, but mindfulness did. And she exposed the whole group to, let's say, one minute of mindfulness here and there. And uh, initially, I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like one minute. So, the anxiety was like, present but didn't persist for very long so and then when we did this a little bit then I realized that oh it's not as bad and I can actually withstand one minute and um, then I asked her to please do this maybe at the beginning of every um, session and she was really cool because because I also asked her like hey because I tend to run late to the (laughs) to the meetings I asked her, could you do it in the beginning (laughs) of the class? And if I don't make it to the class, I call it class, but like a therapy session. I said, if I don't make it, then close the door and don't let me in. (laughs) 
I should do that. So I actually <laughs> kicked my own butt by, <laughs> you know, motivating to go there because I really enjoy those sessions. And then when I was done with that, so I can thank her for putting the seed of, seeds of mindfulness in my head. And then um, my friend from somewhere, you know, it, you feel like it's all random, but I don't believe in randomness. Um, a friend of mine told me about uh, an app, yeah. uh, like, hey, there's this app, and why don't you try it out? This is really cool. I haven't heard of uh, the creator of the app before. And I was like, okay, so like, I have nothing to lose. I tried it out. I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of like what we did in therapy, very similar. Let me do a couple of sessions. And the rest is history. So I started meditating. It was mind-boggling to build this habit. <laughs> I struggled a lot. Yes. And here's another shout out to you yeah. because you've been really instrumental in, in establishing this habit in two ways. The one is, uh, I just wanted to show you guys like this. And whoever is listening to this, I don't know if you're going to put this on like a live, but this to do list, this is Stefan's result in my life. <laughs> it was also very difficult to establish, but. <laughs> you know, like the gentle prod and like the whole idea, like I, I never thought about do, doing like a sort of like a bullet type of journal, like a, not journal, but like a to-do list. And thanks to you, I was able to establish that habit and I put meditation mm -hmm. on the daily sort of routine transactions, uh, transactions, events anyway. And then, and then when I struggled with, you know, <laughs> like I put an alarm to remind me to do my meditation and I was like snoozing it and blah, blah, blah. And then you were my accountability partner in actually saying, like, this is what I'm planning to do. This is what I did. Um, you know, uh, you were really my first true accountability partner. So then, well, COVID happened. <laughs> and I, well, I still struggled with establishing the habit, but I already saw the benefits of mindfulness on my life. And then... Um, it happened. I actually happened to be in Europe at the time. I, I, I'm a little bit on the tangent side, right? Uh, because I'm, I'm trying to wrap up this whole story. Damn. Anyway, <laughs> the struggle is real. Okay. It's okay. We're not hiding anything. So this is me out. Okay. I was in Europe at the time and I got, I, I nope. decided to go to Europe That's in it. December of 2019 <laughs> and I was visiting family, blah, blah. blah. Um, and they shut down the borders. I wasn't able to return. It was like a high anxiety time for everyone. I was freaking out. I had like, again, panic attacks and, and you know, it was, a, it was a struggle. So having you know, therapists here, but not there, not having no access to doctors because everything shut down, having no access to med, nothing. Like I had nothing. The only thing I had is the mindfulness practice, this app that was available everywhere. And with uh, you know some friends keeping me grounded and my mom and uh, I actually like doubled down on the practice. I really, really did it even for like longer time, not just 10 minutes. Like usually this app lets you choose 10 minutes or uh, 20 minutes. And I did like longer sessions. I explored other content, which I didn't have like, you know, I, I say I don't have time to explore before it's no. I didn't have the executive functions enough to, to explore the other content on the app. <laughs> and it was, I was like, oh, well, this is really good and it's really helping mm -hmm. and whatever. So then I did this for another couple of months and I saw more and more and more benefits of it. 
And also COVID had the effect on me that um, <laughs> being a flaming extrovert, I like I you know, we, we were like we had to stay at home and we were confined and I was like, well I guess I have to live an introvert life a little bit more and then so it just kinda helped me to calm down. So it's like the, the whole effect of the whole, <laughs> like everything that happened at the time just helped me to reinforce this habit and I saw the benefits of it and I've been part of ADA for a long time by that so um, I think I joined in 2018, so yeah, 2020, and I I was part of a lot of support groups at the time, and I tried to say, like, you know how, like, uh, energized and bunny that I am, I'm like, oh, mindfulness, and, my, and this is saving my life, and how good it is, and, like, and all of these meetings, I hear, like, crickets, <laughs> <laughs> you know, people are like, uh, mindfulness, meditation, that it hasn't worked for me, you know, like, you know, and I know I've been there. It's all, all it takes is like, you have to like establish routine and it's going to work and da -da. But so it was like crickets at a time. And I said, well, damn it, you know, I'm just going to launch my own group and see what happens. Like I was kind of like nervous about it, but I'm like, okay, so what if I help one person that's enough <laughs> and well, the rest is history. So two and a half years later, we're running a group every weekend. That um, I was very lucky to be supported by ERA to launch it, because that took me about six months. Like it's like ah, six months, approximately, from like idea to creation. But you know, so this whole organization <laughs> changed my life in more ways than I'm one. Um, so thanks to them as well. So. Uh, it's just one one of the bricks in in my journey. Yeah, that, well, it's I mean uh, it, it's yeah. It was uh, sort of like that's what I was gonna say. It's it's one of those bricks in the journey to to, to get. It was like the final brick in that um that little in that wall of 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 you because that brick is something that most people that are neurodivergent they. They could never, A, dream about getting down into the place where they can sit down and meditate, be mindful, be present with the moment, you know, and and feel that without getting pulled a million different ways at, at the same time with their brain. And then to take it a step further and go, I'm not just going to do this for me, I'm going to help others do it too. There's something to be said about the being of service to others to help them also not just be able to do it but reap the benefits of it that's it's not just a brick you i mean that's a cornerstone <laughs> that's that's a big deal um so how, how many people generally are, are attending these these meetings because i mean that's it's that's <laughs> um so around bet uh, so between like 20 and 30, something like that. And uh, a solid core now that people who have been since the beginning or like from the early stages that have maintained and they, uh, regularly join um, and people drop on, drop off, uh, in and out, depending on their, like where their life is at, how much it's helping them. So mm -hmm. some people join, uh, like, there are always new people because ADA is pretty good at, so there's a website, 
for my support group, like all of the support groups, right? And you can kind of read all the info. Um, maybe I should update that because it's, yeah, awesome. Yeah, I'll, I'll it's, have it's that in the show that notes for you. something that a little bit depicts my, like my <laughs> journey, like how I got to uh, this mindfulness and how, <laughs> how you have helped me. <laughs> Establish the habit, and it's it's in my bio. And I, actually, when when we were working on launching the group, uh, <laughs> the, um, the person who was helping me at the time, um, shout out to Melissa, thank you, uh, established and launched the group. Um, she said that oh, that this would be a good idea for like an article, and so it's also out there. So it just like tells the story of how how difficult it is, but how good it is, and how well, how well it worked for me, and just trying to encourage people who like interested but maybe they tried it before but it didn't work because hello you have to do this like a million times before it starts to work yeah i and i tell people too a lot of people that have asked me they're like well how, how did you how do you do it and i can say it's, i do it like i approach every new habit that i need to form um small tiny manageable increments <laughs> it's like a, i remember the some of the first times just just kind of being mindful making like a cup of coffee i always use that as my example because the steps to make a cup of coffee maybe took all of 20 30 seconds but in those 20 to 30 seconds that's all i was focusing on was making a cup of coffee and coming out of it and looking back on it i was like wait that's all I was doing. I was there with my cup of coffee and I was pouring it and I was putting in the sugar and I was putting in the cream and I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm here. And that was like the small little, little step to get me to the next step and to the next step and to the next step. And I would do that every day, every day. And you know, everyone says uh, to uh, form, I, I hate that book that says uh, form a new habit in 21 days <laughs> that is nonsense no um, no no actually it's like so like and there <laughs> <laughs> well yeah no 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 it's <laughs> it's it's quite all right but what what always makes me laugh is 21 days can somebody form a habit in 21 days yes however like the average can be like anywhere from eight to 253 days to form a new habit and it doesn't matter neurotypical or neurodivergent either like right. it it's not it's not a set time where it's like oh i hit 21 days i now have a new habit so it would take a long time to get through and then once you get that and you can start building off of it it's 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 different it's a, and obviously it's different for everyone but when you approach it that way it is much it it roots itself deeper in you that's the best way i could put that well yeah so this is what you describe is the key to um anything uh if i may reframe it is repetition and also being able to accept that mm -hmm. we are not gonna we were not born knowing how to do this and we have to learn that's right and Okay, tangent, a little bit of tangent, okay. This is why you are my hero, because when we first met, I had the feeling that you had all figured this out, and now I just realized, like, yeah, you had this all figured out. That's why, you know, your book is really great that you're sharing all your tips for other people, because 
you had figured it out. Yeah, I you were living <laughs> an efficient or relatively efficient life. Well, to me, it seemed like. Yeah. I, I was thinking about, like, damn, I wish I could do what Stefan is able to do. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm working process, but I'm, like, much better than when we first met. Yeah, well, yeah. It, and it was really the key important. was to start small. Yeah, it's it's yeah, to start the small. Repetition. Yeah, and you know when when we did first meet, I was, I mean I I seemed like I had it all together, but I was still struggling with certain aspects. But it was because I I didn't know yet <laughs> about that I was having. <laughs> I just thought like I what I was going through was a normal thing that everyone was going through. The way that my mind oh, was working. Yeah. So that was a you know I wasn't diagnosed until another year or so after that point, and then yeah. it was with the diagnosis for me that changed everything because then I realized that I went through my whole life figuring it out, and I don't want to have somebody to go through their whole life figuring it out anymore, <laughs> and you know yeah. that's kind of at the core of why writing a book happened. I didn't want to write a book, but I happened to write a book. <laughs> An author friend once told me that, I'm paraphrasing that, <clears throat> and it, it's also not that, you know, you have to, you have to, like, there is no goal, okay? So what has to come out of you will come out of you, and don't worry about the audience, worry about, uh, like, literally what, comes out of your soul is, is what is going to be channeled in a book and uh, just worry about that. Whether it's find someone or not is out mm -hmm. of your control, uh, but you have to do what you are compelled to do and focus on that. For a book, and I'm like, I've been wanting to write a book for like ever. <laughs> and well, I'm not there yet. Uh, like I'm a work in progress anyway. <laughs> we'll get there one day. Maybe I just need a little, like an accountability part. <laughs> you will, you will get there. Yeah. Well, and I, I know, I know you will get there, and like the the how and how I wrote the book is still, I look back at it and it it's kind of like mystifying, but that's how the universe works. I couldn't sleep one night i told my wife i'm like hey i can't sleep we were uh we were in new mexico time change has screwed us up and we were all all over the place but i was like i'm gonna go write because uh, sometimes i just i'll get on open a google doc and just kind of jot down thoughts whatever comes to my head and what had happened that night is i started typing and the first um first words literally that I wrote out was living with ADHD is easy comma said no one with ADHD <laughs> <laughs> and oh. and I was I started laughing but then I started writing all the things I had to do and had to figure out ways around and then before the night was over I had 20 something pages of just text it was just a wall of text that was scenarios and situations that I've been through, that I've done, that I've navigated around, that I've figured ways through. 
And just I kept going until I got to a point where I was like, oh, I'm done for tonight. And I went to bed. And when I woke up and looked at it, I was like, there's, there's something here. Because instead of just getting an idea out onto paper, I've got a lifetime of ideas that I started putting out onto paper. And I went, this is, yeah, I was like, this is, this is different. So I just kept going. You know, I had a business coach and she was an author and she said, you have many books here. You don't just have a book. You have many books because you have overarching ideas all in the same wheelhouse but you, you're a little all over, and all I needed for her to say is take three topics, mental, physical, social, okay, and then write two or three things for each one, and that's your first book. And get all that done. Don't worry about the rest. Just get all that done. Expand on each t- topic. Just write until you can't write anymore. Right, you know, and that's when I had to form a new habit, which was writing a thousand words a day. Which some days I would get like two, three, five thousand words, and other days I would get no words. Some days, and then all of a sudden, before you knew it, months went by and I had a manuscript done. And I kind of was taken aback by it. I was like, holy crap, this is a full book. <laughs> like, and this is not just like a small ebook, like that has like 10, 15 pages. This is. 100 pages of, of words. And um, that's the time frame that it took wasn't that long. If you take the all the times I worked on it together and the time frame, even the time I didn't work on it, it started in January of this year and released on July 31st. So wow. eight months nice. from start to finish. Oh, sorry. So all it takes – no, 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 it's all right. Yeah, all it takes is is figuring out how to start your new habit, even if it's not writing a thousand words. Because me, I like writing, so it it helped that thousand words was a good target. You can do a hundred words a day or a paragraph a day, and that's sometimes that's all it takes. It, it, you get an idea of the thing that you want to talk about in your head, and then let your ADHD take over. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing what happens when you start writing about the things that you you're passionate about because it's our lives it's what we've gone through so so, oof, so many things yeah. are in my mind when when you talk like you know <laughs> it's a miracle that i'm able to have this conversation without interrupting you a million times because you know how it is like like oh my god like you reminded me of that <laughs> struggle and you reminded me of this struggle mm-hmm. da, 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 so uh, it's another reason why I'm like so proud of you and like you're my hero because, you know, you're able to figure it out. Like this is how so there are like a million advice for us, right? And I just recently had this conversation with my group that it's not about knowing because we know everything, we know how to do and all the advice, blah blah blah. But it's actually doing that matters in not expecting to be perfect yeah. the very first time. Just let go of perfection, okay? That, let go of perfection. That's the and hard one Just start doing it. Start little. The mm-hmm. habit. Build out the habit, blah, blah, blah. So now 
Having said that, uh, I'm not there yet. Okay, so I know <laughs> this is how you have to do it. I have done brain dumps. Um, I uh, yeah, during COVID, I was like, uh, started at 11 p.m. and didn't stop until 6 a.m. and it was like a big brain dump. Dump, and I did the sort of like almost like a Google Docs, but on like sort of my twist on it, and it was great. And then nothing crickets for like a few months. And then, uh, yeah, I, 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 then I added some ideas and it just grew and ballooned and now it's overwhelming. And then I started a brand new <laughs> Google Doc. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna focus on this. No, it grew again, ballooned. So then I, a little bit similar, like now I have and, and I learned more about neurodivergence, and I got into like the philosophy of uh, of it all. And now I'm like, like, wider and wider and wider and wider. So like zero focus, right? So now I'm like in the philosophy and the neuroscience and the the quantum theory and like blah. And I'm like, dude, stop! You have to stop. You have to like reuse now. <laughs> you have to go back to focus on you know what was your first <laughs> message and. How did you like? How did you get this all started? And what, where, what was the main idea? Just focus on it. I think maybe I need a coach, like a book coach, uh, to start doing like be accountable works for us. And I, I also want to uh, say a very side tangent of what accountability yeah. means to me, yeah. and how I think is very effective. So your, I think your coach or accountability partner is not nagging you. Is not saying like, oh, where are you at? What did you do? Da, da, da. It doesn't work. And I, uh, I think the way we did it is that I said I, I set out to say, okay, so I'm. This is what I'm going to do. And I think at the end of the day, I gave you like a little report, like, okay, I did some, 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 and maybe not everything. So I, I stopped judging myself and I stopped worrying about like, did I actually do what I set out to do? Uh, but eventually, there were more and more things that I. I was able to accomplish on the list, and then my brain saw that it's good. <laughs> I don't know, I'm sounding like the Bible. <laughs> 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 and God saw that it was good. So anyway, so this is how I built <laughs> it. Random things that pop in our hearts. Oh my God. Anyway, so, uh, yeah. Um, I built a habit, but I'm not there yet with the book thing because, you know, it's this always this self-judgment that I'm being perfectionist and having no limit to my brain, not liking limits yeah. to my thinking is a very big common theme in neurodivergence. So, like I said, that's mm -hmm. why another thing that I'm really proud of you because you're able to do this, like you're able to actually... Uh, you were able to bring this book to existence and we want to accomplish so many things yeah. like i want to do this like i want to do a book i want to do the podcast i want to do a youtube channel i want to do uh, i don't know i want to be this and that and that and that and that and then suddenly you realize like, you don't have enough hours in the day to actually do that so like you have to eliminate and, and that's what <laughs> neurotypicals are so good at they're like they want to do something that's their goal for the day and it yeah. doesn't matter how trivial it is right i spoke to so many of my friends who are neurotypical and they're like explaining to me like how they they look like they wake up and they're like they want to do this 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 this, and they do this 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 in a linear sequence and i'm like 
oh my god you can do that <laughs> yeah that's uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that that is one of those things that i look at and it, it, because they can do you know they can prioritize <laughs> a task and that's not in our wheelhouse i mean that i on paper it looks like the task is prioritized because we get the thing when we get the thing done but um sometimes it's just like it happened to be done in the midst of like oh you wrote a book and you also organized your junk drawer in your and they had the same priority but you spent seven hours on your junk drawer in an hour on the book that day but to somebody else on the outside they'd look at that and be like why didn't you just write your, I know. your book and be like well because <laughs> because the the drawer i had to get the drawer organized i opened it and i saw it and it it just yeah <laughs> it's like nagging on your brain like oh the drawer like i haven't done the drawer the drawer becomes this monster that you have to yep. get to. yeah <laughs> but it's oh. it, it is something that you know so, we we get around by by doing what we do and i think it as important as it is, like you said, an accountability uh, buddy or uh, a coach needs to approach it as not so much, did you do the thing, but like, what did you do? So, oh, I wrote the outline for the book. That's a huge step. It, so what if you didn't write like half the book or finish a chapter or whatever? You did a thing. Okay, great. And then if you're the person that you're working with knows how a neurodivergent mind works, then you can guide that person gently to the next thing that they can work on. And it's without having it become a, a you know, Mount Everest and more of just like a little bump in the road. Like, oh, okay, well, you did that. Great. Now we can work on just uh, picking this one thing and doing something there. So it's it is very important to have that kind of accountability because it it is um it will it kind of keeps us on task when it's done properly because if it's not done properly it's going to have the opposite effect and then we we'll just won't do it at all out of spite at that point <laughs> yeah this is i want to highlight the fact that so this is basically the difference between a good therapist and a good coach opposed to uh, less than one, let's say something that doesn't really work for us. And that's why it's very, I think it's very, very important to mm -hmm. find a therapist or coach who um, are very knowledgeable about neurodivergence, whether it be ADHD or like autism spectrum, etc. Because if uh, they are not informed, then they are gonna apply methods that uh, work better for neurotypicals and not for neurodivergence. And so, you know, like if um, you um, hear something like, oh, do this, do this, do this, have you done this, have you done this, As whether, whether therapist, coach, or um, friends, or loved ones, or someone close to you. Um, I want to touch on the, the topic of self-advocacy, but if you are able to tell them like, no, this does not work for me, please, let's change, or if you have such a therapist or coach, feel free to just stop working with them and find one that understands your brain because you just reinforcing that, you know what, before diagnosis, you encounter this a lot. 
the, the neurotypical way of like, oh, why can't you just do this? Like, why can't you just do that? And if, um, you know, if your therapist doesn't understand that, then it's just gonna perpetuate the cycle of before your diagnosis. So uh, anyways, I, I, I can't highlight mm -hmm. it enough that you, well, we need someone who understands how our brain works. And so the neuroscience of it is that we are wired differently, our brain wires differently. And, you know, I'm not gonna talk much about it because this neuroscience is out there, read like a million articles, like Attitude Magazine and like at a website or uh, just like anything out there. And lots of information. That's how I learned about my neurodivergence a lot. Um, so I wanted to talk mm -hmm. a little bit about, um, you know, before diagnosis, diagnosis, after diagnosis. And, you, you know, you asked the, the curveball question at the yes. beginning, like where I'm at now. And I want to reflect on this journey a little bit, okay? And I... I <sighs> yeah, uh, because when, I was going to say, when did you first start realizing that something was was giving you problems, that something was different? Never really. Never really. Until <laughs> my diagnosis. My diagnosis was a surprise. <laughs> and why? And I asked my therapist, why am I 40 years old and just now diagnosed? So number one, very, very big difference is that women get underdiagnosed a lot because we are not causing a lot of problems and mm. anyway, so it's like different, again, read about it in the online. It's like a lot of different uh, explanations of why women get underdiagnosed. You know, it's the, the, the little boys who are rambunctious in class are like uh, sticking out like a sore thumb and we tend to not. So that's one thing. And the, the other thing yeah. is, um, intelligence so if you are intelligent enough and uh, you are able to study and uh, you know your academic success is not what the stereotype of ADHD academic success is then that's another reason and then yeah. the other thing is like so let's say your situation also that you have been able to figure out your strategies and coping me mechanisms uh, to live with your ADHD because and, and most neurodiverse people know this by now that adult ADHD does not start so much in adulthood but it starts in childhood that goes unnoticed for a while uh, until you start struggling and then it pops out and then now it's a sore thumb and, and, and uh, mm -hmm. it, still a lot of times it just goes like oh I'm depressed and I have anxiety um, I um, Maybe I should see some, <laughs> and then it, you know, then, then it's just like ah, ADHD. It pops out like ah, well, I guess like it kind of seems familiar. Like uh, <laughs> oh, like oh, <laughs> you know, did I demonstrate it? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so yeah, so okay, so before diagnosis, you're able to maybe work with it. I was a good student, never, like top of the class really, like, I was, yeah, like nothing gave it away. Um, well, I always wanted to be a 
creative person. Like I was dreaming about being a painter, and uh, I drew very well without like learning. <laughs> and it's just everybody says like, oh, you can make money with art, and yeah. maybe you should get yourself another kind of education, which is great advice. Yes. So like I went to study in Hungary. I went. Um, so I'm from Hungary. So I went to study in a school that it's like a, it's called the College for Foreign Trade, and it was sort of like economics based. And I learned a lot of basics of uh, you know business and economics. And I don't regret it. It was very useful. Like now, like everything you learn in your life, uh, it, it adds up. All the all the puzzles, you know, are useful for something. And if not, like whatever. But um, mm. I find it very beneficial to have a little bit of like business mind and also being a creative person uh, at the moment. Then, um, you know, anyway, so fast forward, I have <laughs> a lot of crazy things in my life, but anyway, we might get there. Uh, I don't want to go off on a tangent. Like, uh, again, you know, you see, therapy is working. Like, I catch myself <laughs> actually in the act of go trying to, wanting to go off in a tangent. Anyway, so then... Um, yeah. I met my husband in, uh, in the United States, and he also says, because I said, like, I want to be a painter. He also said the same thing, in essence, like, you can't make money with paint. <laughs> Shout out to my very good friend who is a painter and is, is struggling, <laughs> or, you know. And it's like, I think you can. But anyway, we'll get there. So I think you can. You just have to build your self-confidence, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, it's, it's a journey. Uh, key here is never give up, no matter how hard it seems. And I should heed my own uh, own advice. Yeah. I, I I actually I think I got this done. Like I built yeah. my self confidence from zero, from like negative. Okay, <laughs> I built built it to. So I know this that I trust that I'm gonna get there, whatever I want to accomplish. Because mm -hmm. look how many things I have accomplished. It feels like nothing because. I don't know, because other people, like, you're comparing yourself, like, oh, they have accomplished this, and they have... No, 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 just, like, okay, curtain, bubble, just f focus on your shit, and don't expect anything, just do it, and eventually it will pay out, or it won't, but you just did it for your own ple pleasure. Okay, so, tangent off. So, before your diagnosis, you struggle, but let's say you have some coping mechanisms, or you don't, right? You might get missed for whatever reason you get, get missed. <laughs> uh, for me, it was a long period of depression that uh, screwed me up and uh. <laughs> um, working in a job because I listen. So, okay, yeah, oh, tangent. Sure. So tie it back. My husband also <laughs> suggested that let's not become a painter, let's become an accountant. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure, why not? Like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So you I got tricked into becoming an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He, ex he, uh, he fooled me. He explained it in a very interesting way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, as much as, like, there was a time after my diagnosis, like, you know, the period of grieving, like, what could I have done with all this time that I spent being a stupid, in a stupid profession that didn't fit my brain, and it's yeah. the regret and the grief and blah, blah, and I, now that I overcame that, I'm looking back and I'm like, no, listen, you know, it's not, it, 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 had, a, it had a place, and actually he mentioned this, and I gave him credit a lot of times, that if, hadn't I gone to accounting, and hadn't I, uh, let's say, like, 
I, I changed jobs, and I, so in this specific situation, I, I became an auditor. <laughs> auditor is a very, very like deadline-driven and time-specific, uh, you know. So, so my strategies that worked in the past did not work anymore. Um, so. Yeah, a lot of people get diagnosed in school because those strategies that don't start work. For me, it was like work, and also pe uh, so the people. So meeting those specific people in my career that um, I guess at the time they tripped me up. So like I was, uh, mm -hmm. they were the reason of my downfall. And now I'm looking at it and like, well, no, if if they hadn't done what they had done, I would never have gotten diagnosed. So I'm actually grateful to them and thankful for. Like, yes, it was very big crisis, and yes, it was very difficult to go through, and I went through the crepper, and I came out a better version of myself. So, you know, if I look back, it, it was everything, I hate this, everything happened for a reason, like, okay, <laughs> yes, and uh, I mean the deterministic, you know, let's not get there, okay, so I'm in a camp of uh, super deterministic, <laughs> and anyway. <laughs> Let's <laughs> get to the philosophy of it. But I, I know that um, I've been driven to where I'm at today because of the certain occurrences in my life, and I'm grateful for whatever happened. So, okay. so now, diagnosis. And most of us get through this. So I'm trying to highlight you know, the path that seems to be a common theme across neurodivergence. So you know, you're lucky if you get diagnosed. Yeah. And consider it a good luck. Like, this is awesome. Because now you can learn how your brain works, and now you can start working with it. Yeah. And another thing that I learned now, and looking back on my journey, and I learned, so when I was in the crisis mode, and when I was in the just finding out about my neurodivergence, it was, well, first of all, it was a high anxiety period. And try to learn a new skill with a half a leg, carrying a lot of baskets and freaking out and now you're trying to like develop a new habit and you're like <laughs> I don't know if I can demonstrate <laughs> this is like this and I'm like yeah 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 like yeah yeah develop a new habit like yeah so let me just tell you it's hard it's hard and uh, it wasn't it wasn't for a very long time that I was able to do all this and again you know when I met you and then you know the mindfulness and the intensive uh, therapy uh, sessions that I did and just everything together showed me that when you get diagnosed is one thing but when you learn about how your brain works and you heard all the tricks and you know now what you have to do the only thing that is remaining is actually do it mm -hmm. no matter how good you do in it just do it yes. give up perfectionism you know it's another thing it's like just do it like just do it. the advice is true one tiny step at a time because just the experience has shown that it, it it's uh, it works when i started the meditation group uh, yeah a lot of people uh, came into the group and like you know the first feedback was like yeah, I've tried this, like, um, it didn't work, it didn't stick, it's, uh, I can't do it, I'm like so restless, and then I, and I always said this to the people, the, the new people and the, you know, ex uh, the, the core part of the group, it's like, guys, just don't worry about anything, like, don't 
even worry about it because you're mm -hmm. not going to see it in one day, you're not going to see it in two days, you're not going to see it in a, but just do it, even if it feels uncomfortable, even if it feels like it's not working, because when you look back, and I'm talking about, let's say, six months, I think in about six months you can see the benefits of it. Um, I actually started, so that's why I told you that 21 days, the, like the 21 days rule, I actually started noticing the benefits of it at only around maybe a month or so. So I think it, it's true, but it's not enough. It's just not enough. No. You are, and now I know the neuroscience of it. I didn't know it at the time. Like I was actually so uh, ignorant. I, I didn't know how our brain works, that you can actually rewire your brain you can change your neural pathways the the habit buildings like you are you are oh you're spending like i spent 40 years doing things in a neuro uh, a neurodivergent way <laughs> and you know you're practicing your habits you're practicing your bad habits and I, I i wouldn't call it bad habits but these are like habits like this yeah. is how our brain works normally so now you're trying to change it and it's like uh uh and and uh, this was a, a metaphor that my uh, therapist at the IOP used. Shout out to her. I love her to death. She's, it's like so much revelation in that uh, in those sessions. So she described it as you're trying to cut a new path in a jungle with a machete, right? So like you have a you have a path. It's like how you always do done things, and then now you're like, okay, let's do it in a different way, and you're like, oh my. God, I can't do this. This is so difficult. Da, da, da. And then suddenly you're like at the end of, let's say, the, you cut a new path and it was like so hard. And then you, you, you want to you wanna do it in the easy way. Like your brain wants to go back to the old path. And, and you're like, oh, but it's so tempting to just do it this same way. And then you're like, no, 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 but I have to do this. Like I have to just use this new path. And so lo and behold, you know, if you're new in this new pathway, new neural pathways, like a new habit is a new neural pathway. Um, and then using often enough, and the key is again repetition, then eventually that path is going to be the path, well, traveled? Is that, is that how they say in English? The path? Yeah. Most traveled? Okay. And then the <laughs> old path, but the jungle closes it up. Okay. So, for during this whole journey, you are going to find yourself going back and back and back. And so the key is to just to never give up and try again and try again and try again. And eventually, trust me, it will work. It's just how your brain works. You will get there, yeah. whether it takes you, as you said, 21 days, whether it will take you um, 100 days or a, a, a two years. Like, I mean, until I established the habit, it was way longer and yeah sure like so covid precipitated it and so it, it helps a lot of events but the key is i never gave up and and i think uh, that's why i can like look back and that's why i said to the group like six months we talk we're just hanging out we're doing 10 minutes at a time or so and i mean sure enough we are now at like we're doing literally i think like close to an hour of meditation and then we we have a, a, a uh, session awesome. of you know processing it like our struggles and 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 now the the members who have been doing it for quite a while they encouraging the new new people you know so it's a it, it is a support group it's called the support group for a reason we encouraging each other and being accountable uh, uh, offering accountability to people who are struggling so like we all know that mindfulness is good for us but 
it's just really hard. So people who says, oh, I, it didn't work for me. And I always ask, like, okay, so how many times yeah. have you tried it? <laughs> oh, well, I d I've done it once And they or tried twice. it one time. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> so I, uh, shout out to all of you here, like, no, it's, it's, it, it's just, you just have to do it a lot of times before it starts working. But then suddenly your brain starts seeing it, that it works. And then, you know, your motiva motivation will be fueled. And then you're like, oh, oh my God, this is so, so cool. Uh, it's exactly how I built out uh, yeah. the to-do yeah. list writing habit with you that, you know, I just put, like, I literally put on it coffee, walk my dog, meditate. Uh, something Simple. like trivial, Simple. trivial things. Simple. Yeah, exactly. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm -hmm. you and, and just doing it over and over and over and over and over. And I don't care. My first uh, little booklet was just coffee, walk my dog, meditate <laughs> to, to do this, you know. Yeah. It, I, yeah, for a long time. That's the best. No, I always say that's the best way to start because it might seem trivial, but you're building that habit and you're giving your brain little spikes of dopamine when you cross off those things too, which is awesome. <laughs> you can read about, this is all out there on the internet, is the, you know, the reward at the end and like that check mark is a dang reward. You don't have to reward yourself with mm -hmm. cookies. You, just by check, doing that check mark is a really good uh, motivator and 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 the other thing you have to also know like understand that so my my to-do list now I try to put like little things on on still on the list but you know sometimes it's just like a, it's a one page sometimes it's a half page but if you don't have those checked off and that's also an advice that came from you is that you know take those that that you haven't done, put it to the next day, and it doesn't matter how many days it's rolling. If you haven't done it for a while, then it's maybe it wasn't that important, but you know, uh, just do do the rolling list. And there are so many advice about to-do list. So this specific way it helped me or worked for me, and I you know, rolled it over to the next day and just don't judge yourself of not you know about not yeah. That's don't judge yourself and one. don't say, oh, I haven't done this. Like, I, I did this judgment in uh, yeah. all, all my life, and then I did it for a while also, but having built this self-confidence of, like, just trust the process, it will work out. I know it will work out because it has been working in the past. Your brain just has to seize that. That's the neuroscience of it, and then you will. And then also this, like, this comfort that comes from, building a new habit, like doing something that is uncomfortable is the key, like pushing through the... Uh, yeah, another tangent pops in my mind. Yeah, yeah. getting through So another the, tangent pops resistance. in my mind is like, you know how, like, let's yeah. say neurotypical says, like, oh, let's say you are like, funny enough, that's sort of why I got diagnosed, like it's a one brick in the road also. That was very self-conscious and I didn't like to talk uh, in front of people, like it was very, like I had panic attack, right? Uh, and then, so advice is like, oh yeah, you just have to expose yourself and you have to push through it and, uh, and, and yeah, sure, it, this is great advice, but this is why, let's say CBT is very, very crucial and um, something called exposure therapy, ex uh, ERP, I think it's exposure response prevention. Um, and, uh, and do it with a skilled therapist because um, this has changed my life in, an, in another dimension. So I got yeah. claustrophobia and I had a 
you know, social anxiety for, let's say, doing presentations, one of the most common types of anxiety and social anxiety. Um, but, um, and, and then also, also doing my mindfulness group, like, you can't believe how anxious I was when I started. And look at me now doing a podcast. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I don't know, so I don't know if you noticed, but I'm like actively trying to stop doing like the interruptions, like, you know, like interjecting. Whatever. So that's a result of that kind of growth. Like I learned in the uh, mindfulness group that and I have to shut up. Like it's very difficult for me because I'm, I'm, I'm a very talkative and a kind of hyper. I'm like combined type, but whatever. And so it, it was an active like, exposure therapy. Like I had to practice it. <laughs> because now I'm the leader of a group and now it's like all eyes on me and I'm like uh, uh, uh. so yeah it was it was uncomfortable but after two and a half years you look back and you're like well I guess now I can talk in front of people like and I'm very uh, much more comfortable like at work doing presentations and I know so this is the whole point of ex exposure therapy and that why I, why I emphasize so we need uh, CBT and um, exposure therapy with a skilled therapist it's always like a skilled therapist who is good at their craft and you know if you don't if you are yours doesn't work for you then just feel free to change look for someone that uh, understands you because they do it in a professional way they yeah. do it in a way that uh, you know, the neurotypical advice is like, yeah, just go in front of 100 people and talk and you'll get through it. Yeah. So like, yeah, no, this is not how you do it. You start with one person, you nope. start with two people, no. you start, yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, yeah finding a, a skilled therapist, especially the ones that specialize, one, they specialize with all, everything under the, the neurodiversity, diversity umbrella is always good but if especially if you do have adhd and they specialize in adhd and cbt and, and the, you look at their list of accreditation you're like oh i need to work with them yeah they need to they they're the ones that will understand how my brain's working and how i can get through whatever roadblocks i'm having because it it's true there, there's a lot of things that if approached in the wrong way, it just won't work. It won't work with us, no matter what. You could be like, you, I will have a gun to your head, and if you don't do it the way I'm telling you to do it, you're dead. And I'm like, oh, I guess you have to pull the trigger then because I can't yeah. do it the way you well, want me to do it. <laughs> so finding finding a, a therapist like that is um, very important. I want to quote my therapist. Um, never forget i will never forget this like at the beginning uh, phases of my diagnosis I, I would i would be like the i can't attitude and that's that's um you know during the journey like i look back and i'm at the beginning and i know when people at the beginning they they, they say a lot of times i can't i just can't mm -hmm. i just can't and she said you can't yet you get it it's like it's a it's a magic word i didn't get it at the time it was yeah yeah that that yet is guaranteed. it's a strong guaranteed. word because 
it will that's be the possibility difficult. that you can it will be you will sweat blood but you will get there you mm -hmm. just never give up keep trying but you'll get there yeah <laughs> i i i actually i I have to say, I use this phrase in the book a couple times, and yet is a part mm -hmm. of it because it's, it's like, but it is, it's not going to be easy until it is, because learning how to meditate, learning about mindfulness, learning about things like breath work and using a to-do list and all these things, it's not easy to start you know, from day one and go, yeah, I can do this. It's not, but there's going to be a point where it will be easy. Like going to meditate, I meditate every day. And when I sit down in my little meditation corner, I right into it. I get right into it. There's no like fight, inner struggle to, to get into a place where I can be present and, and disappear. No, no. What happens now is I sit and I'm there and Compared to four or five years ago, that was not a thing. Mm. My, to, it would take the small increments. I, it would have to be smaller. It would have to be a five-minute meditation. It would have to be a 10-minute meditation. It's not an hour meditation. Or even when I did a five-hour meditation at the Joe Dispenza retreat, like that doesn't happen overnight. You can't just get into that yet. <laughs> you will, though. You just have after to keep at it. After four years of uh, doing mindfulness, just 10 minutes a day, and it's not perfect, it's not every day, but just 10 minutes a day. Uh, well, I still haven't done a five-hour meditation. Like it's, It still sounds mind-boggling. And trust me, my attention is still no longer than, like I don't know, I want to say maybe five seconds. So the key here is, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's insane. The key here is to understand that, so, okay, misconceptions, myths about mindfulness and mindfulness for ADHDers. And um, anyway, we'll, we'll. I wish I wish there, there could be like little bubbles with all the thoughts that pop up in the meantime. It's like, like a rolling bubbles. I, <laughs> I see them. I see them happening, though, because I can see it happening. Like I know what's going on. <laughs> it's like, the, yep. the little pause. The little pause. Like my brain is processing everything that I mm -hmm. I, I want to like say or blurt out or comment on or whatever. Oh, where was I? Thank you. I don't know. <laughs> um, <where laughs> Talking about 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 how you know it's it's been an everyday 10 minutes of yeah, mindfulness exactly. every day thank not every you. every single day but still well thank you wow you're wow wow you're great <laughs> thank you secret I, I i keep notes here while we while we're talking oh, I know. <laughs> so i don't forget when we lose a place yeah a lot of people in the mindfulness group uh, does that but uh, when I'm leading the group so there is like a chat there is a you know I have to pay attention to what people say so a lot of people do the notes and I'm not like I can't this is like too much for me to take notes in addition so yeah I, I struggle a lot of times and like you know this is how I learned to like shut up and just like okay 
uh, call on the next person and let the other people uh, talk and because that's that's the whole point of the super support group is that it doesn't really matter so much what I say it matters what they say and then really my role is to encourage them and just get them through the obstacles so okay obstacle number one um, myths about mindfulness meditation for ADHDers uh, number one a lot of people say like um, well I have to like I not say what they maybe assume that they have to sit for hours and hours and hours okay uh, uh, on the cushion and that yeah. you can only do it on the cushion and uh, I don't have an hour a day and blah 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 so news flash even five minutes a day even one minute a day even one second a day one mindful second will change your brain a little little by little and I often use this uh, uh, metaphor that it's so I call my mindfulness a bicep curl for the brain you do one rep right now we have like a very tiny <laughs> muscle focus muscle like you know being present it's like teeny tiny and then you do another one and so it builds one and then you do another one it builds one and no 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 you you <laughs> so after like six months, it's exactly like exercise, like building a train, uh, you know, exercise training, uh, building muscles. Uh, let's not talk about building the habit of <laughs> exercise because that's a whole other. It's the same way, you know, you build an exercise habit. Yeah, it's a, that's right. a different monster. It's building an exercise <laughs> habit is also working the same way. Uh, you just have to like give up all expectations and just do one step at a time. Don't worry about the rest. But the same thing with mindfulness and any new habit. Our brain works in this way. Neuroscience says that. Let's just trust them. And um, you know, you just do one rep after one rep after one rep, and eventually you'll get to the Schwarzenegger. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, and so, okay, another myth about mindfulness is that you have to empty your thoughts and not think about anything. Not true. That the goal <laughs> is, not the true goal at all. is, you do, you start doing the practice, like being mindful, you start paying attention to your environment or your breath. It's most often you start with your breath. And just focus on that. And when your mind starts to wonder, you catch yourself and you bring yourself, your attention back to your breath or whatever your focus of uh, your objective uh, focused attention is. Um, let's not get there. There are a lot of different types of, of mindfulness practice, but for ADHD years, uh, like it's, I think, okay, that's just my opinion. It's best to start with focus at, uh, mindfulness training and uh, you know, focus on your breath or something a sound, um, you know, something in your environment. Yeah. You can you can also do mindfulness meditation with eyes open. You don't have to sit like this. You don't have to cr sit cross-legged. Another modification for, uh, for ADHDers and neurodivergent people is that you can nope. actually do walking meditations. You can meditate while moving. In fact, it is better for us. Being It's easier for us to be mindful when we move. Yes. That's uh, one little hack. And... Um, the, the goal is not to empty your thoughts. Like, this is almost impossible for anyone, neurodivergent or not. Um, y yes, neurotypicals are able to maintain their focus longer, but let's not compare us to 
them because we're very different. Let's compare it to us. Uh, our reality is that our mind starts to wander. And again, the key is do not judge yourself. Don't say like, oh, oh, my mind is gone. Like, I can't do this. I can't. No, don't do this. So just say, oh, my mind has wandered. Let's just focus on the breath again. So in the beginning, you're not going to catch yourself. You're going to be like somewhere else for a very long time until, so it's so funny because the, the <laughs> app that I use, it's like, uh, sees through my soul. And so there is a one sentence like that. It's like, um, so what, what happens when my voice interrupts the silence and, uh, you know, what happens in your brain? And I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm seeing it in my head, like, well, yeah, I was gone for quite a while. Like, all the time that you didn't say anything, I was, like, gone. And, you know, you... So <laughs> then he says, if your mind has wandered... So I can't, I'm so bad at recalling things. But anyway, so working memory deficit. Anyway, when your mind has wandered, just yeah, bring your attention mm -hmm. back, and that's one wrap. And so in the beginning, you're not going to catch yourself. But when you do this often enough, so now I'm much better at catching myself, my mind wandering, but my attention span is still like, I know. I mean, I have never measured yeah. it, but the other thing is, you know, we have time blindness and like time just doesn't mean much to us. So I can't really tell, but I, I, it feels like five seconds, okay? And I just yeah. know that it's okay. And, and I don't expect myself to be able to focus for... I'm not there yet. 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 <laughs> uh, I tell people all the time that, especially those that are neurodivergent, when they're meditating and being mindful, that when you wander off the path that you're on, it's okay because you can always get back on the path. It's, it's very easy after you learn how to do it. It's, but at first, it's going to be like, oh, I wandered off, and then you fell off a cliff. Like that's what's that's what's gonna happen. It's gonna happen more than once. It's gonna happen a thousand times. But you can always get back on. It and just it's okay. it's a, it's okay. It's a learned it's a learned thing that from doing it over and over again that you'll know when you're straying off the path. So it's yeah. it, there, there's hope for everyone out there, even neurotypicals who think they can't do it. <laughs> I, I like to use this ana another uh, analogy that um, imagine that you sit in front of a piano and you don't know how to play a piano and you're like starting to play with the keys and you're like, but I want to play Beethoven <laughs> and you can't. So your expectation to be able to meditate when you just sat in front of the piano, you cannot play Beethoven. It's just a fact, unless you're some kind of a genius, right? Like a neurodivergent genius. Like, okay, <laughs> shout out to all of these people who can. They're like my heroes. Uh, you know, like I, I suppose the autistic um, savants um, maybe mm -hmm. can do that. So like. Uh, actually, I found that I discovered that I'm also on the autism spectrum, <laughs> which is kind of like another surprise, but I, I identify with a lot of the traits and uh, yeah. you know, ADHD, well, and so also, there's an intersection. 
Yeah. There's always an intersection. And plus, you, you, I was going to say, you're, you're um, um, what's the term? You, you know a lot of languages. <laughs> Brain yeah. can't think of the term. Yeah, that's not a, I mean, people can learn languages. That's one thing, but you learn how many languages can do you know now like like because it's a thing that you just know <laughs> you asked me about my superpowers so uh yeah yes. number one <laughs> languages well so i want to start by okay overarching theme and let's talk later about you know like what's the what's what's the upside of being neurodivergent i i really want to talk about that because i'm in the camp of mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people say, oh, it's a disability and da 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 and I'm kind of irritated by that. Like, I, I'm, it's, I'm not yeah. in that camp. And I don't care what people think. I'm just not in that camp. I'm, I'm actually really appalled no, by... No, it's, it's not a disability. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, now I, I want to go back to so what, what I think is the disability part. But it goes back to pattern recognition and... Um, I want to mention something, and I don't know if I talked to you about this, but um, there is a, a theory of multiple intelligences by Dr. Howard Gardner. I strongly, strongly encourage everyone who, um, who doesn't know what their neurodivergent superpower is to take a look at that. There, there is a lot of like, there's one infographic that when I first saw it, and I don't even know where I heard it, probably one of the other support groups, like, you know, it's like people suggest and share tips and resources. And I, and I looked at it and I actually opened it. So it's like in my, uh, I prepared for our interview. <laughs> so I opened it up and it says, so nine types of intelligence. And if you, you can do tests. So there are, there are some free online tests. <laughs> I can share the link with you later is that uh, the nine types of intelligence is a very like you know um, more uh, high level and uh, uh, what do you call it like an expanded view on the types of intelligence that one can have it's very little known and I am I'm again you know just trying to spread the word for neurodivergent folks is that your superpower will lie on somewhere on these on this uh, I'm very visual so like on this <laughs> you can do a test, yes, you can kind of give it a percentage and so on. It's very useful because yeah. it shows you, like, let's say, which one is your sort of go-to. <laughs> but when you look at it, you'll find, I think, that you, you have one or two majors and then maybe a couple extra or maybe not. Maybe you just have one. So let me list it out. So you have, so what everybody knows, logical, mathematical. Um, this is sort of like what's on an IQ test. A lot of times, right? Then you have spatial visual re reasoning. I think that's also. I've never done IQ test, but I think that mm. these are the two major ones that are on there. Now, what you didn't know about musical, discerning sounds, their pitch, their tone, yeah. their rhythm, and timber. Naturalist, understanding living things and reading nature. So spatial, visualizing the world in 3D. We tend to be very visual. Dr. Temple Grandin, the girl mm. who's thinking pictures. I love that lady. So I, 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 when I first saw her, I was like, 
wait I mean this is when I started thinking like I, mean, I think I'm not autistic spectrum because I resonate a lot resonated with her uh, you know what she described this autistic experience but we tend to think in pictures like colors color harmony we feel these harmonies and shapes and that's why a lot of us are designers and like you know it's well known that neurodivergent people are very creative so creativity is our, is our superpower but let me continue so intrapersonal understanding yourself what you feel and what you want some people are good at it some people are not linguistic ding 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 mm -hmm. it's me <laughs> finding the right words to express what you mean uh, you know authors okay i'm not an author but um <laughs> yet <laughs> <laughs> thank you i love you <laughs> this is so cool thank you for the encouragement it's awesome so Pattern recognition, you know, li li uh, languages, that's me. So bodily kinesthetic, what does it mean? It's a fancy word to say, movement, coordinating your mind with your body. So a lot of, I think a lot of ADHDers will say that, oh no, I'm so clumsy, I bump into everything. It's one of the stereotypes of ADHD. However, we a lot of sportsmen, uh, I should say sports people, I don't know if it's correct in English, but a lot of people in sports discover that they have uh, ADHD or neurodivergent uh, traits because they're really good at sports and this is one thing that we tend mm -hmm. to excel at um, I think I would also uh, include dancing in that uh, so a lot of us are dancers and um, we're good at rhythm and picking up not everybody so again so these are like just fast generalizations everything I say is general it's not specific to uh, sorry it's not all neurodivergence out there but that's what i'm saying like go through this sort of picture and say this 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 not this not this not this good so you kind of have an idea of what your superpowers are okay interpersonal sensing yeah. people's feelings and motives um so this is sort of what i call empathy so we tend to be and this is also in a you know if you read about uh, adhd a lot that we have a sense of empathy and sense of justice and and it, I think it comes from this sort of superpower that we tend to have. And the ninth is yeah. existential. Uh, tackling the questions of why we live and why we die. Um, and philosophy, I guess, that's my addition to this uh, picture. Uh, philosophy and thinking about the big pictures, the universe and uh, quantum theory. <laughs> so, I mean, if I go through this whole thing, <laughs> I mean, I would say that logical, mathematical maybe is my <laughs> least prominent. So I don't know. I've never done an IQ test, so I don't know how I would do on it. But I would say musical. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I can tell when something is off key because, uh, mm -hmm. you know, like my, my it, you know, it actually goes back to our auditory response yeah, to it. Yeah. Sensory sensitivity is, um, t it tends to be both in the, you know, the autism and the ADHD spectrum, a common trait. There are actually a lot of uh, another website that I found that kind of helps to see, you know, what are the intersections, like how, what is the spectrum of your brain, of your neurodiversity. So anyway, one of them kind of like say, like, what's the intersection, what's commonality, what's different in uh, different so-called disorders that I don't like. I don't like to say disorder and I don't like to pathologize neurodivergence. So anyway, I'm in that camp. Criticize me for it. I'm up for it. I don't care. I think we we have, I think we have more <laughs> superpowers than uh, than than uh, sort of disabilities. Um, 
And our journey. Yes, I and agree with that. 100%. My journey was to discover my superpowers and learn to love them, and learn not to feel like the odd odd person. It ties back to like, okay, so how how did I know exactly. that I was neurodivergent? I didn't. I didn't know it because <laughs> I thought everybody was like me. Like, oh yeah, you speak like ten languages and like. You, nobody can do this, and I'm like, oh, like <laughs> I'm sure they can. I, like it's nothing special. I thought I was nothing special, and all my friends told me like, I didn't believe them because I had low self-esteem, because let's say I couldn't get done stuff like they could, and I would judge myself and like, okay, sir. And then it, it, I also wanted to emphasize that yeah, so you know, you, well, number one, you don't don't. Don't judge yourself. Once you discover you're neurodivergent, right. uh, just trust the process. Mm -hmm. Don't say, I can't. Say, I can't yet. Uh, try to learn. Everybody goes through this phase of inhaling information from the internet of learning neurodivergence, and then it becomes a like, fixed idea and like a hyper-focus. And, like, blah, 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 blah. and you learn a lot about it. Okay, so now you get to the point you know everything about it. And now it's like if you cross that threshold of implementing what you learn, that's when the magic happens. This is when your superpowers really can become superpowers. Learn to love yourself, learn to love them, embrace them. Don't expect perfect. Like I know I have excellent, excellent uh, sense for colors and harmony. Am I a painter? Am I a good painter? No. Um, <laughs> you know, I have to. 30 years of wanting to be a painter. I signed up for a class, and it was like an eight weeks class, tangent, eight weeks class, and I spent six weeks out of the eight paralyzed. I was looking at the teacher and think, like, seeing how he was doing things. And so that was, I think it was right after diagnosis. Yeah, right after diagnosis. And it, I was like, oh, but like, I, so how do you do this? Like, I can't, I can't, you know, eight weeks not doing nothing. And he would be like, <laughs> Uh, Alexandra, when are you gonna start painting? <laughs> he didn't say it this way, but you know, mm -hmm. and and he he was so being a painter, he was neurodivergent. So he said it in a very nice way, and I don't know how. Like finally, I I mustered up the courage and I put something out on the painter uh, on the paper, and like he was <laughs> like, uh, what? And I was like, uh, what? <laughs> like I didn't know I could do this. Like it's not it's not like a a world like a, a really great painting, right? But it was copying a photograph and like putting colors on it. And I was like, well, wow, it's so good. Okay, so then sign up for the next class and it sucked. And like whatever I made, I didn't like it. I tore it up and blah, blah, blah. And then mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, I can't do this. You know, I can't. That was the I can't attitude and my I can't phase. And so I didn't end up continuing to challenge myself. Uh, but I focused on other priorities, so like I'm not judging myself anymore. I was like, I, okay, I tried. Maybe this is not not my priority right now. I'm working on other things, and then after that, I started a business, and I focused on my business, and I uh, again super like trying to learn it in a sort of random way. But then I had a I had a therapist at the time, and she pulled the, those superpowers out from me little by little, once at a time. She was my cheerleader, and you know, this is what I'm saying. Like you. You have to have a, a, a person who understands ADHD. And so it happened perfectly, so I'm very happy. So I got to the point when I look back and I realized, like, 
no, you can you can grow. Mm-hmm. If you are stuck in the I can't, you will never grow if you don't challenge. It's a very very cheesy saying, and I saw it everywhere, like you know, like a personal development, like courses and stuff. Like That's you right. grow outside of your That's comfort so zone. Right. It's so true. It's so true, <laughs> no. but you can't like you can't push no. someone in the deep water and expect them to swim because ooh, yeah, no. So this this is why exposure therapy is so effective, and this is why CBT and DBT are so effective. Yeah. And I strongly, strongly advocate for that uh, that people do that because it it shows you like in the IOP I was observing my therapist um, uh, who also had ADD, so I was observing her her methods like I was. I used to be like the expert who like talk, 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 talk. And she was very skilled at like asking questions, right? So one thing I learned, uh, another thing I learned being an extrovert, like advices of how you can grow as an extrovert. <laughs> Learn to shut up and ask questions. <laughs> very skilled questions to everyone in the group. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. It's not telling you what to do. It's pulling you towards the solution. So I think a good, uh, so uh, a difference between a good therapist and a bad therapist or, or your environment that is good for you versus what is bad for you is, you know, someone tells you what to do and uh, scolds you if you don't do it, this doesn't work. The only thing that that triggers is like anxiety, trauma. It's, it's rather, don't, rather don't do nothing, but you can't do this with a neurodivergent person. Mm-hmm. What you have to do is pull them towards a solution, maybe show them a good example. Thank you, Stefan. <laughs> Show them a good example. Uh, maybe give them the tools. <laughs> <laughs> give them the tools. Encourage them. And it's, it's going to be like, you have to do the first step, and then there will be another step, and, there, and maybe two steps back, but then you're going to do another step, and then I, you, you will get ahead eventually. You will. Trust me, like you will. It's inevitable. That you will. You, you will. Uh, you really will. Now, what I do want to ask you, as we got to where you are, you know, before diagnosis, and I always laugh because the answer is always the same. But did you, before your diagnosis, how, how did well, you? Was, you didn't know. You did. You thought everything was normal. Yes. <laughs> I thought everything. Let's, everyone let's, was going through this. This is the my same message thing. to neurotypical people out there. Your normal <laughs> is not our normal. This is our normal. And if you talk to a couple of <laughs> no. neurodivergent people at the same time, like you see <laughs> many of us in one room, this is our shared reality. We are bad at time management. We are, you know, so we are late. We are starting projects, not finishing it. We are, um, it, all of it, you know, all of it. It's, um, it's, our, it's our reality. And when someone says, oh, no, just apply yourself, but, you know, like you've heard it a million times before, you're just lazy, you just, there is no such yeah. thing as ADHD. So um, why, God, yeah. while I don't believe in ADHD being sort of like a disability or, so, so uh, we can talk about comorbidity and like, ugh, this, also this word, I hate it. But anyway, so when you talk about comorbidity, um, Yes, so there are aspects of it that can be um, improved, and I consider that a disability. ADHD and neurodivergence itself is an asset. I consider it an an asset. Um, You have to learn how to use your uh, superpowers and be proud of them and 
unapologetically be proud of them. Advocate for yourself, etc. But um, so this is our normal. It's yeah. just how we are wired. Uh, let's say you know the ensuing depression, anxiety, and you know, low self-esteem, and all that stuff. Those are and trauma, like you know, trauma responses, and that. That's the disability part of it, and that's the what I call illness. Like depression is an illness, no doubt. I think ADHD is, uh, you know, like it would be a superpower if you learn how to manage it. But it's now yeah. a uh, like your brain wiring trips you up and causes you to be depressed and causes you to be anxi no, have anxiety, um, etc. And so when you sort of treat that and address it, then you can actually finally focus on your assets and build them up. And then you can like fly high. Like we have a lot of things to be valued. I think society and like companies like nowadays near diversity is a buzzword. And, um, and they're starting to realize like, yes, it's an asset and they're trying to f uh, accommodate. For, it's a topic for another podcast because I have issues with that. So I want to I wanna become like a neurodivergent advocate because it, it, the f good first step, and I like that uh, yeah. you know, there is <laughs> openness to this. Uh, I just don't see how in practical solutions, I don't think they offer practical solutions or embrace practical solutions yet, or I haven't seen it yet. But I think it's a good first step. And anyway, so the long story short is neurodivergence can be an asset, okay, to companies, but first to yourself. Like you have to learn how to value yourself and your power, superpowers. Um, yeah, yeah, so yeah, anyway, I don't know. I got lost yes. a little bit, but. What, uh, yeah, what I. No, no, it's you didn't get lost at all. We're exactly where we need to be. Okay, no, I mean, I, I was trying to think of where I got from here, but I can't recall. So anyway, um, another thing, you know, like be unapologetically you is the this like, okay, like I, I've done this, like I've done this a million times. Don't judge yourself. Like I lost my train of thought just before this interview. I, I had a, a phone call with my husband, and it's like. <laughs> He interrupted in some, you know, mid-sentence, and I was, I was just about to tell him, like, what not to do, like, <laughs> neurotypicals, what not to do, and this, it's interrupted me, you know, it's like, he really had to do something, and I understand that, but I was like, okay, like, it's gone, it's just gone, okay, uh, <laughs> I, I can't, he's like, I'll call you back in three <laughs> minutes, I'm like, I'm not remember. Yeah, uh, I Mindfulness training can help you, you know, to remember this. So if this is a uh, working memory deficit. Um, oh, I remembered. Okay, so like what, what I would say to neurodivergent, uh, not neuro neurotypical people, like the majority, what to know about neurodivergence. So, yeah, so your normal is not our normal. When you make judgments about, about us, step back you know like just hold it back a little and and maybe learn about it like you don't know anything about it you see everybody sees mm -hmm. the world through their own brains i can't see the world through yours you know the, the power of um, meeting people like you neurodivergent people like you and that's why i'm really grateful for ada because it put me in contact with a lot of people like me and then it's like oh my gosh you have the same life experiences like oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh and suddenly I realized, like, what? There is a whole tribe yeah. of us yeah. out there? Like, I'm not alone. I'm not, uh, 
I'm not the strange person in the in the, yeah, you know, in the group. Is um, this is the power? Like there's power in numbers, and you know I think that there is like let's let's see I don't know the CDC estimates there are 10 percent of blah 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 ADHD like one percent of autism I don't know what percents exactly, but um, they estimate that there is so many of us out there. I estimate that there is like double that much, if not more, and which you know just. Easily double, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, th I think Silently there's struggling. a lot more. Mm -hmm. That's the that's the problem. So because because yeah, they a lot of didn't people kind of say like you know TikTok and Instagram and blah blah. Like they found out about their neurodivergence about from, uh, from Instagram and TikTok videos. And what I think that they are vast generalizations and stereotypes about ADHD. And I also think that they sort of. Um, you know, reverberate and just say like this, you know, like the attitude of I can, like this is how I am and I can't, I, this is how I am, accept me like I am. And I, it doesn't, I don't think it encourages people too much to like, to grow and improve, uh, work on the, the, the areas that, uh, you know, that if you work on these sort of weaknesses, I don't like to call it weaknesses, but we're struggling with certain things. But if you start working on those and you improve it, then you can also focus on your strength m much more. And then, then this is how you become supersonic. This is how you uh, you dig yourself out from this very deep hole that I don't know, like 40 years of being undiagnosed, I dug myself into. Because I actually, I, I like to use this metaphor also. Like maybe I started here at neurodivergence. I struggled little. I had, um, you know, stre coping strategies. I used to, I used to have a calendar. I used to put all my uh, appointments and the important stuff on my calendar. Right? I used reminders. I actually did some to-do lists. Like granted, <laughs> I procrastinated on all of my exams, and I pulled all-nighters to study for everything. And then, you know, combined with not being stupid, like I aced all my exams, right? But it's uh, <laughs> like I had coping mechanisms and strategies, but it started to fall apart. Depression erases your executive functions. We all understand that now. Um, you know, anxiety, it doesn't help you when you're trying to improve something under the gun. It's not, it's not the best way to like improve and, and change your brain and uh, rewire your brain with new habits. So, yeah, you can, you can, it's hard, but yeah, my, my message out there for all neurodivergence is that, you know, believe in yourself, don't never give up, just keep training, yeah. keep training, keep training, you'll get there. Oh, sorry, and, and then you, sp sorry, you one, one more thing, because I, I didn't finish my, my metaphor of like you dug Go yourself ahead. into this hole right you started out here and then i don't know you didn't do what you wanted to do like one day right and then you start beating yourself up and then you're like one step deeper in the hole and then you do this like day after day after day you're comparing yourself to your typicals like you can't get stuff done and you're like oh my gosh i can't do this why can't i do this why do i always procrastinate why do i da, da, da? and and um so anyway long story short after four years you're like Ah, you're in deep in the hole. And then, uh, you know, after diagnosis, I really had to do this hard work of digging myself out of it. And, you know, like meditation was like, a, again, it's not like 
one step, but it was, it was many tiny steps, and then therapy was another step, and many tiny steps, because CBT, I, didn't, I understood CBT, but I, it, it hasn't worked until I practiced it. Um, you know, all of this, this is a growth, this is your growth, like uh, after your diagnosis, embrace all your tools. My therapist always says like, use all your tools, like whatever it is, it doesn't matter, just use all your tools, just, and then little by little, you're gonna dug yourself out of the hole, and then you're like, you can fly. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that, that is so important too, because um, I think, you know, when you use all the tools, when you have all the tools and you are going through all these things that we do and you're building up the ultimate toolbox, really, because there's, as the tools mm -hmm. become your new normal, as they become habitual, as you continue to use them you end up on the positive and that's that is when the can'ts turn into cans and that's when all these things start happening and i'm not going to say that it's not going to be a struggle because there's always going to be something there's because that's how our our brains will, will take us away from it always that's that's there but with our tools, we can get back on path, uh, on course. And my, my big message with everyone, and it is so important, is that we are not alone in this. You don't have to mm -hmm. suffer oh, alone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be alone. You don't have to. That's why there are support groups, especially like yours. It's so important that we're not doing this by ourselves that we're not it's whether it's therapy whether it's a support we are each group other's online best or, leaders because we yeah. understand how your brain works or like how our brain works and while uh, everybody's uh, adhd uh, is different because it's i i really truly believe that adhd should be called a spectrum disorder just like uh, asd um, autism spectrum disorder, and again, I would like to, like to drop the D from it, but anyway, so yeah. long story short, it's a spectrum, and that's why there is so many variations of it. Um, so, you know, you use one tool from the toolbox that works for you, blah, blah, but uh, um, uh, learn, yeah, you have to learn how to um, make it work for you. Yes. Yeah, and that's because you can give somebody a wrench just because they know might know what a wrench is doesn't know mean that they know how to use it. So if you have somebody else that can use that wrench and has the same thought patterns and and functions as you, yeah. I mean it's it, it's a game changer in life to to have that. But I you know before we we wrap up here. I do want to ask you, where are you going with your superpowers? And of course, with your group, what, what, what is the future have for you and the book that you're going to write? Because I know you're going to write it. <laughs> yeah, eventually. So, well, I mean, I threw out a lot of things. Like I want to, I want to write a book. I want to make a podcast. I want to make a YouTube channel, you know, um, I want to I wanna do so many things, right? And now um, I'm also focusing on doing my business. I mean, I have, I still have a full-time job as an accountant. <laughs> and every day it's like, oh, it's a struggle. 
and and yeah. I wanna like yeah, I wanna be a neurodivergent advocate. I like I wanna be out there and being like a beacon of light, like someone who tells other people like, no, you can do it. Like, look, I have done it, and I have like just show an example and just show that you can actually improve and you don't have to be stuck in in that mud that we are in. Uh, that it's a swamp, yeah. like really. Um, that you can actually inch out of it. And yes, you know, like here is the, you know, the, the value of support groups is like there is someone who can hold you by the hands and help you walk out of that swamp. And so if someone offers you that hand, I mean, I encourage everybody to take it. And if you don't, like it's, it's perfectly your choice. It's another thing I learned is I have to learn not to let go, right? If someone comes to my group and never shows up again, it just wasn't meant to be for them at the point. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that they can return to it. Often mentions is that the, the student is, so the, the teacher appears when the student is ready, and it's kind of like true in this, uh, uh, in this situation that, you know, when you're open to something, then you are going to do it, and if you're not, that you're just not going to. Best example, actually, for, for this is uh, like how I actually got diagnosed. Like, I always thought that psychology was bullshit, if you tell me like meditation, I would say it's bullshit. So like I was rejecting the idea, I wasn't open to it. And it took um, a, a big crisis in my life to open myself up to it. And a lot of sort of random encounters that were not random that put me on the path of meditation because I was the one who would be very skeptical of those. Like uh, psychology, blah, blah, blah. And I am thinking that psychology is like the number mm -hmm. one thing that everybody even like should learn in school and I hope that there are schools, I think I, there are schools now that uh, introduce this uh, from like, let's say from teenager age. I really think it would be uh, good and if you don't do it, please do it because just learning about how your brain works. To all the neurotypicals out there, if you think you're normal, just just take a, like a class like the IOP and you'll see that you're not like you, the, the, a lot of these, um, they call it the cognitive distortions that we learn about in CBT. Like, now that, now that I know what they are, I see it in, like, my husband. Like, I know that it's happening. If you think that you don't have any cognitive distortions, you're wrong. You do it. Everybody does mm -hmm. it. Nobody is, it's, it's sort of like a, a normal reaction, right. like, how our brain works to certain influences in your life. Like, so let's say if you have encouragement from your group, then you grow. And if you have, I don't know, a toxic relationship or a toxic boss or a toxic family, then it's going to make you your worst self. So, you know, it, you don't have to be neurodivergent to have cognitive distortions. If you think you're normal, well then think again, because you're not, you have similar types of things. So, so I think it would be beneficial for everyone to learn more about psychology. Um, be a little bit more open-minded, I think is the key. Try to understand your neurodivergent um, <laughs> person in your life. <laughs> so chances are you have one or two, <laughs> unknowingly, but they know. But a lot of us actually after diagnosis, you know, we're like so excited, mm -hmm. like, oh my God, like that explains my life. And like, if you are, if you are an expert like me, like, oh my God, I drove my environment crazy <laughs> with one of my hyperfixations. You know about the other one, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> but it's like my hyperfixation was like, oh my gosh, like oh, this is like you see, this is what it is. Like I try to educate them about like how I am, 
because I don't know why. Like, I was just motivated, <laughs> and I drove them crazy, and my husband would sometimes say, like, he, he tugs on my sleeve, like, just stop, stop, stop. And, and actually, he didn't, he didn't do it. He actually did it in a very neurotypical way, which I, I was very, like, uh, unhappy about this, because he would just cut me off, like, literally cut me off in the middle of a sentence in a conversation, and it's not the right way to, you know, to encourage us to, like, mm. just uh, shut up, like, no. Okay, just don't do these kind of things. But anyway, so actually he learned a lot about yeah. divergence and I'm, I'm happy I didn't shut up because a lot of my environment kind of starts to understand and actually they come to me with questions and advice because they encounter neurodivergent people that, you know, at work, in their families, etc. And they come to me with, uh, with questions and I'm very happy to help anyone. I'm very happy to actually kind of like highlight. So I see it now when I meet it uh, neurodivergence, like it used to be just like, oh my gosh, like we are like kindred souls, and I, I, all my best friends are on ADHD spectrum, whether diagnosed or not. Okay, all my best friends, um, but uh, you know, you kind of find kindred spirits, and then uh, I think most of my uh, circle right now is uh, neurotypical, like uh, it's my mostly my husband's friends actually, so. Um, you know, they're like neurotypicals and like, I mean, I was silently mm. struggling um, in, a, in, a, in a party, <laughs> in a party, someone would, like I would try to focus on someone and talk to them and then uh, two other people cross talk and I would be so frustrated because there's no way I can discern the sounds of that person yeah, and two other things. We don't have that focused attention. I can't eliminate the sounds, okay? It's, it's a neurodiverse traits. And um, so I would get frustrated. Now, I say to the person, I said, please uh, stop right now. Let's, let's change, okay? Let me move closer to you. Let's that person close. You know, it's as simple as that. Advocate for yourself. You don't have to always say, oh, I'm Irish. I can't, uh, I, okay. Learn to advocate yourself for yourself, yeah. like according to how your brain works. And I do this at work as well. Um, I don't say I have it, I have very bad experiences with disclosing, so I am very against. Um, I, I advise against it. I don't know. You might be working for like the best company ever, but in my experience, it's a very bad idea. So I say to people like, okay, so maybe learn to advocate for yourself um, without disclosing. I don't know. Yeah. It's my experience. Um, but I say, instead of like, okay, um, I don't know, like, I want information in this way, <laughs> not in that way, that doesn't work, like, I want it this way, and I need it this way in order to function in accounting. It's just stupid stuff, but if I tell you the certain examples, like, it's, it seems stupid, but neurodivergent people are like, oh, yeah, I do that too, like, oh, yeah, I do... Um, I, or, I, I almost recognize neurodivergent people because they do it in the same way like I do. And, <laughs> and it's just, you know, it clicks. And now if I just meet someone on, like, totally mm -hmm. unknown people, I see it. And I recognize it when I see it. And if a uh, if person doesn't know, like in your situation, right, it can't, you know, like, I'm like, check, 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 check in my head. <laughs> and that's why I propose to you, like, hey, maybe, maybe you could, talk to a therapist to someone to uh, just like see if that may be the case because what if it is and yeah. in my experience <laughs> it's much better to be diagnosed than not and silently struggle and mm, I want to mention one very important thing again like 
you know, my message to neurotypicals. Yes. Yeah. Um, don't minimize it. Like, don't say ADHD doesn't ex exist. Don't say that, oh, pff, it's nonsense. Open your mind to it. Learn about it. Yeah. Um, it's not going to be your experience because you have a different brain. You will never see the world through our brains because you don't have that kind of brain. I may never experience the world through a neurotypical brain. Honestly, I don't want to. I like the way my brain is. Uh, yes, I struggle with a lot of things, but I like the way it, it works. Like I'm proud now that I'm able to learn yeah. language. I, I'm able to learn. I don't want to list them out because blah, blah, blah. You know, it's my superpower. That's it. Okay, good. Um, I can learn language in two months. Yeah, good. Okay, great. I yeah. love it. I love that. I can go anywhere, any <laughs> random place in the world and pick up their language and reach out and communicate with the people and, and get to know them in depth. Like, I, I, I bet you uh, Anthony Bourdain was as ADHD as whatever it can be. Uh, maybe, maybe he had, like, I don't know, strategies and maybe he was able to, like, make things happen because, I don't know, he figured it out for, for himself. I think he was maybe one of those undiagnosed. Like, we have these super skills that other people don't have and learn to be proud of it and blah, blah, blah. And you can, you can grow. Okay, so neurodivergent people, just don't minimize it. If you love someone who has ADHD, mm -hmm. I guess learn to be patient. Don't try to fix us. It's not, it's not going to work. Like I, I would strongly recommend against it. You can't because you're not a skilled therapist. Yeah. Like everything that you say may be true, but it's just not gonna be accepted coming from you. Uh, like, oh, just manage your time. Like, just do a time management course. Like, no, I, it's not how it works. Like, I think yeah. it has to be with a skilled professional and a coach and etc. Um, but learn to be patient. Learn about it. I mean, hell, you learn something new. Like, learn something that you never knew about and try to understand this. But look, look, you know, there is a conversation about neurodivergence, like, oh yeah, like companies can have an edge because yeah. we're creative and we're finding new problems, uh, sorry, new solutions to old problems, etc. You know, creative thinking, it's, that's us. And that's why they're starting to like it. But then, you know, my experience is whenever I disclose it, I'm like, screwed. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like they, they put this badge on the on their website, like, oh, we are neurodivergent, I don't know, supportive, yeah. and then they're just not. <laughs> so anyway, this is a story for another podcast, but anyway, so the long story short is that try to learn something yeah, new, yeah. And you might actually <laughs> discover something. Like, I think most creative people out there that create, like, YouTubers and, like, TikTokers and and people on Instagram, like, all these, so this outlet is, like, is, I want to say it's, it's, good and bad for ADHDers is good because you find a creative outlet that you may never knew about. But I mean, the addictive side of it is pretty bad. But um, there's a lot of us out there and you consume, like mm -hmm. neurotypicals and, and you know, the general population, you consume our products, our creative products. And you appreciate it. I mean, a TV show and uh, whatever, it, it takes a lot of effort of, I think, collaborating uh, creative people mm -hmm. with, um, with neurotypicals, like, um, you know, so neurodivergent people and neurotypicals. And that, I think this is the best example of how we can work together and create something and, and actually achieve something because 
if you just have ideas and no execution, you're always just going to have ideas and no execution. Uh, hello, you know. <laughs> so I don't have a book yet, but <laughs> anyway, um, you know, you consume the, yeah. the brainchild that comes from neurodivergent person. <laughs> I can guarantee you that every <laughs> entertainment, a music, um, you know, a TV show, etc., uh, a theater, theatrical production, production uh, a dance, you know, whatever na you name it, a book, it comes from a neurodivergent person who may or may, may not have figured it out, like Stefan. Um, <laughs> or maybe they just had a per people in their environment who helped them to get there, like a coach or like, I don't know, Steve Jobs, you know, famously has been said that he had a mm -hmm. ADHD brain or neurodivergent brain. And then, I don't know, may, this may be the a story that one of his teachers figured this out and encouraged him in a certain way, motivated him in a certain way that made him what he became. And I mean, think about it this way, neurotypical people out there. Like you may be that person for your neurodivergent loved one that turns an ADHD, you know, a struggling ADHD into like, I don't know, a Steve Jobs, quote unquote. It doesn't have to be Steve Jobs, right? It just have to be a happy and healthy people. But you might just be that person with your support and encouragement. So yeah, please, please, yeah. please. If any <laughs> neurotypicals listening to this out there, then yeah, that, listen to it. I think right there is that's that's the the crux of everything right there for every neurotypical out there to just take the time. And and do a little reading, do a little understanding, have a little empathy about what we go through. And when you do, all of a sudden, you you be <laughs> as a a neurotypical person will become an advocate. Then they'll become an a, an ally to help us like better ourselves and become better people. And it's it's night and day. Uh, because if they if they're not there for that, it, it's 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 uh it's horrible. Um, and you know we we've seen it in in support groups and everything online. And you see these people that are with a neurotypical person. Maybe they're married or you know dating oh, yeah. them, and they don't understand. And there's and it's it's a nightmare scenario. Um, but I I do I want to. First and foremost, I want to thank you, not just for coming on to talk about all this. I want to thank you for being the catalyst to go down the path to talk to a therapist and get diagnosed and find out what was going on. Because I thought I was just cruising through Easy Street. Like, yeah, I, I figured this out, even though I have my big roadblocks, but everyone has these big roadblocks. Everyone can't start or finish a task. And, you know, everyone has this. Uh, and then finding out that, no, that wasn't, <laughs> wasn't the case. That was, it was a a big, <laughs> the big turning point in my life. So, I, you know, Alexandra, I, I really do want to thank you for all of that. Um, I do want to thank you for... Yeah, yes. it's just, I don't even know how to begin to thank you. Like, you shared your tools with me, as you're sharing your tools with the, with the book to all the neurodivergent people out there. And, and again, you know, you 
try these tools and one thing doesn't work for you, okay, fine, move on to the next, just never give up. But you know, sh you sharing your tools with me moved me forward on this path and I couldn't have done it with your help and your prodding. Um, and I mean, no, you didn't even prod me, you just gave it to me, you just shared your tools with me and, and I implemented them and they worked. And that's why we are here today talking. It's, it's just mind blowing. <laughs> we often right. say that, you know, there's nothing random and there we were. <laughs> We were, we, were, we were put in each other's path for a reason, and I, yeah. uh, I'm thankful for the universe for do, having done that. And so thank you for making me the person that I am now, and even more, showing me that where I can go from here. Well, I, I'm, I am humbled, and thank you once again. And uh, I, like I said, I will go ahead and post everything in the show notes so that people can reach out and get onto the mindful uh the the ADDA the ADA um the mindfulness group that you run uh when do you guys meet just so i can so we can have that in it's, here as well is it every saturday saturdays at uh so 5 p.m. central time but if you go on the website of each support group has the time um, in all of the time zones. Uh, I want to uh, say a couple of things about ADA and the support groups. So there are many, many support mm -hmm. groups, by the way, including one for uh, neurotypical pers uh, partners. So mm -hmm. it's not just like, my, you know, it's a lot of things, a lot of uh, resources. So I strongly encourage to explore all of these. And then that we are very neurodivergent friendly. So, you know, the time zones. And I hear a lot of times people coming to the mindfulness group and say, oh my gosh, I wanted to come to this group for like ever. And I just always forget. And I say, well, you're here now, right? <laughs> so great, you made it, who cares? Mm -hmm. We always start like 15 minutes later than the, so like, uh, I don't know, the set time because they're neurodivergent friendly and like, I don't care. Come, come an hour later. I don't care. Just come for the discussion. I don't care. Uh, you are at home here. Yeah. This is uh, the power of us getting together and like exploring our neurodivergence and supporting each other in a positive way. It's just like so powerful. I can't, I, I don't know. I can't measure it. Like I can't tell you, I can't put a price on it. It's just like everything. It, this is, this is what you said night and day. Well, well, like I said, that's why when you're when you know you're not alone, it it makes all the difference, and that's why we will send everyone there to take a look at not just your group but all the groups out yeah, there. Please but, explore. Um, I do, uh, yeah. Please explore it, and I I do thank you for coming on the podcast, and we are definitely going to have another conversation or two, awesome. definitely. <laughs> Oh my God! Don't even say that because like I'm, I talk. I well, it's quite I all right. Lot, so. Thank you for uh, managing. <laughs> <it>. <laughs>